Father, I thank you for the songs that have been sung. I thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. I thank you, God, for an opportunity to worship you in giving. And Father, as we look into your word, I ask that the word will fall into the good soil of our hearts and that we will grow thereby, that we'll be like trees planted beside the living waters and that we will grow there forever. Amen. Every year in the month of November, because of my personality, I establish what I'm going to be preaching the next year. So I come up with all the titles and I kind of do my cursory research to establish what I'm going to be preaching. Well, when someone asks me to come preach at their church, my first question to God is, is this a change or do I stay the same? Well, happily for me, I get to stay the same because I've already had this established and I think what I'm going to say today is definitely going to be a blessing to you. So check this out. Our series for the month of December is called Advent. And we have kind of moved away from these type of things that we used to do back in the day. When I was growing up, for those of y'all Southern Baptists, I'm an old Baptist boy myself. See, Baptists don't even want to say nothing right now. They say, don't, don't blow stuff. I don't have, uh, I'm not going to mess with Baptists today. But anyway, I was brought up, so there's some certain traditions and things that we did that I have discovered that when you become non-denominational, you kind of kick them to the curb because you don't want everybody to think that you're like the Baptist or you're like the Pentecostal. You kind of throw that stuff away. But there is actually some good things that you can pull out of that history that we've had. And so today, I'm going to talk to you all about Advent because that was already on my notes, and so it has made it easier for me. <laughs> Advent, the word itself means coming. And the purpose of Advent when it was started in the three-digit years was so that we would recognize that Jesus has come, but more importantly, that we can recognize he's coming back again. We make assumptions, but sometimes we need to move from assumption to actualization, which means we need to just quit knowing that Jesus is coming, and we need to act like, y'all not going to help me today? You need to act like Jesus is coming, right? Because some of us just assume that Jesus is coming. But some of us act like Jesus is coming. Now, I do want, I have to, I have to put a pin in this. I do not want you to go sell everything you have. I don't want you to go find a bunker. I'm, I'm not advocating any of that. I want you to live a life that shows that Jesus is returning. That is my whole purpose, all right? So, so the purpose of the first, so the Advent is, uh, the way they celebrate, they have a wreath. And they have candles in this wreath. And the first candle is called the prophecy candle. And the topic of the prophecy candle is hope. And so I want to talk to you today about 
hope, but I'm going to talk to you about hope in a certain way that is not kind of like the way that you've heard hope before, because I pride myself, my wife gets on me all the time, I pride myself on being different. Because I like to go at a direction that nobody ever expects it because it causes it to resonate with them a little bit more. All right? So check this out. So we're going to talk about hope. Simultaneously, I want to encourage you in what you're doing in your life so that you will be more adamant about doing it. This makes me think of a story. The story goes like this. When I was growing up, Right before Thanksgiving, some of y'all may relate to this, right before Thanksgiving, we would get a catalog. Now, for those of y'all online, a catalog <laughs> is like, like a book. A book is the things that are in the library. So it's like a book, but it's paper, and it has a lot of papers in it, a lot of pictures, and tells you descriptions and lets you know what it is that it is that they're selling. So the one catalog that my brothers and sisters and I would always look for was called the J.C. Penney's Wish Catalog. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right. You see? 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 Now y'all see? Now y'all warming up to me. Yeah, you talk about something I know. J.C. Penney's Wish Catalog. This was a commission from my parents. You go through the catalog and put your initials next to what you would like for Christmas. I don't know if anybody else did that, but that's, what, that's how it went. So you would bend the page and put your initials, you know, bend the page. Now, me, I would only take like one or two things. My brother would like put his initials in the middle of the whole page, talking about I want everything. I want everything on this page, you know, just give it all to me. But see, I was the smart one. Because what I want us to understand is, the reason they called it the J.C. Penney's wish book is because we all would like to have these things. But based upon what it is that we know we're connected to, when we go in there and put our initials, these are the things that we have a confident expectation that we could receive. I know my mom and dad's budget, so what I think. And so if I ask for this, I'm probably going to get this. Now, we got the whole catalog, but let me find this one thing in here. I'll probably really get that. Now, we were just talking about this last night at my house, and we were talking about the fact that my dad, there's an expression called a person that can't hold water. You know, they, they, they tell everything as soon as they hear it. That's how my dad was. So he would say, you know, ain't no such thing as Santa Claus. You know how I know? Go look under the bed. And underneath the bed would be the gifts that my parent, that my mom and him had got, got. And mom would never say nothing, but daddy would always say, go look under the bed or go look in the attic and go look. And see, mom would have never known, never known, until one year we got the, now I'm really getting ready to go back. We got, we got the rifles, the cap rifles with the two pistols and the, and the belt and all that. See, see. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And we would, and my brother and I would pull them out and play with them before Christmas, but that knucklehead forgot to put his back. So when mama came home, she was like, who been underneath the bed? And he got in trouble. So 
That's how that went. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. And it's being videoed, so now that's the way it's going to be. So hope is this confident expectation to what you are looking for is going to come to pass. So the reason the first candle is about hope is because if you think about the prophet Isaiah, when he stood before the people, he said it like this. He said, behold, like, look right here. He's here. But nobody realized that Isaiah was looking from one mountain to another, thinking that they were close together, but they were thousands of years apart. But he had this expectation that this baby would be born of a virgin and he will be glorious. He'll be wonderful and he, he's going to take away the sins. He had it, this expectation that this was going to happen. It didn't happen during his lifetime, but it was this confident expectation. So our first candle is talking about this hope that we have. I said all that to get us to this. I got a couple of definitions before I go on because I've discovered that if you don't tell folks how to define stuff, they're going to mess it up. I mean, uh, they, they won't have the same thought that you have and they'll be wrong. I mean, they'll have a different, uh, you know what I mean. Y'all know what I mean. So the first definition I want to explain to you is called Advent. Advent is a coming. It is intended to be a season of devotion with reference to the coming of Christ in the flesh and his second coming to judge the world, Advent. The second definition is hope. Hope is a confidence in a future event, the highest degree of well-founded expectation of good, confident expectation. And I have a third one. The third one is calling. Calling is a divine summons, a vocation, or invitation. Now, let me give y'all some scriptures so y'all just say, Jeremy, put that guy up there. He say nothing about no Bible. Okay, let me give you some scriptures because I want y'all talking about me. I know y'all going to do it anyway. I'd just rather be good. First scripture that I want us to refer to is going to be 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, the fourth through the ninth verses. And it goes like this. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus that in every way you are enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge. Oh, I'm an ESV person. I know y'all usually do NLT, so just ride along with me, all right? Even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called, into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I got another verse for, another set of scriptures for you. Psalms 33, 20 through 22. Psalms 33, 20 through 32. I mean, 22. Psalms 33, 20 says, Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. My final scripture for us for today comes from Ephesians, the first chapter, the 16th verse. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, 
that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the work of his great might? Father, I thank you for your word as it rests upon our hearts in Jesus' name. We have set all this up. I had to give you these definitions. I had to give you these scriptures because now I need to talk to you. Y'all don't mind if I talk to you, right? I had to take all this time to warm up to you so y'all can be like, yeah, he kind of all right. But now I need to talk to you. Thing that I want to cover under this title of hope during this Advent season is I want you to know that God has a calling on every one of your lives. I want you to know that God has called you to a specific purpose. I want you to know that God has had you to be born at this time because you are an integral part of his plan and his purpose. So how many of y'all ever thought, I wish I was born in some other time period? Don't you see some of y'all lying? Y'all know y'all all be doing that. But God has called you because the gifts, the calling that he has placed in you are for today, for right now. But see, if I only wish to walk in God and not hope in God, because in Ephesians we just read where it says that he has a hope of a calling in you. Did you know that God has hope in you? He wants you to walk in it. He wants you to be it. And this is the bad thing about it. We sit there and disqualify ourselves every day. We sit there and say, it can't be. It can't. No, it can't be. Me? Me? Y'all even go to the really high voice. Me? <laughs> and we sit there and we tell God, God, you don't know what you're doing because you're telling me that you called me. God, how can you be so stupid to not realize how jacked up I am? God, how can you be so dumb to think that I can do what you placed in my heart to do? God, what's wrong with you? It ain't me. It's got to be you. I know me. I know I can't. I know I won't. So God, what's wrong with you? Now, see, that's why a lot of us ain't God, because there'd be a lot of folks dead already. And sometimes God just kind of reaches down with me and just kind of slaps me upside the head and just says, get that stinking thinking out of your head. Renew your mind so that you can focus on what I've called you to do. Every one of you, 
has a calling in your life. It's not to stand on stage. It's not to be on television or what, it's not. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. I've come today just to tell you that the calling that God has on your life is particular to you. Guess what? It's so funny. Can't nobody else do it like you. What God has called for you to do, can't no one else do it like you do it. And because, oh, see, I got somebody helping me now. See, y'all going to go another hour now. We have to realize that God has called us. But the problem is, we only look at it as a wish. I wish I could. But I want to mess with your head today and say, listen, if God can tell us that he is going to send us a person, he's going to come himself and reconcile us back to himself. If he can tell us that. And then he says, oh, and by the way, I am also going to come back so that you can reign with me. If he did the first part, I guess he can do the what? The second part. So the same God that can do the first part has told you I have called you to a specific purpose. See, this, this, see, this is what I just ran into. I heard you. I heard you loud and clear. Age is irrelevant. Age is irrelevant. Colonel Sanders didn't start Kentucky Fried Chicken until he was 60 years old. Age is irrelevant. I'm too old, let the younger people do it. I'm too young, let the older people. Whatever excuse you want to use can work. But my point to you today is God has called you. God has called you. And we like to do this. We like to do this. We like to sit around and say, well, no one in the church has told me that I, should, I was called to do this. No one in the church has told me that I should be doing this. No one in the church. Bump the church. Can, can I say bump in there? Okay. All right. I done said it three times. Don't worry about the church. What is God calling you to do? What is God calling you to do? You know what the Bible tells me? He says, me, versus, me and God versus the world, I always win. If I got God on my side, all oh, y'all done. I don't care how many y'all come. If it's me and God, we're done. But we look for, well, the church didn't tell me. This person didn't tell me. This person, listen, our hope is not in man. Our hope is in God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who went to the end and went back and made the beginning. So he already knew what the result was going to be before he even started anything. And all he's asking from you is do what I called you to do. Do what I designed you to do. Do it, and I'm telling you, you will touch lives and you will cause people's minds to change in such a way that they will never be the same. Simultaneously, you won't be the same. God has this thing already all worked out. And you sitting there trying to say, well, God, you know, if that happens and this happens, God's like, let's go over this one more time. 
trust me, walk in my light, and it's going to happen. Well, God, did you consider that this could happen? And did you consider? Let's go over this one more time. And he keeps telling us, and he keeps loving on us, and he keeps encouraging us, he keeps pushing us, he keeps saying, just do what I've called for you to do. I heard you too. I heard you. The way that you find out what your calling is, is that you have to spend time with God. I, know, I don't know if anybody in here is an inventor, but I know everybody has encountered an invention. The one thing that an inventor does before he puts his product on market is that he writes out the intention of the thing that he has designed. He tells you how to operate it correctly. He tells you everything you need to know in order to get the full functionality out of the thing that the inventor has designed. If that's true, then why am I leaning outside of the things that the inventor has written in order to try to figure out how the invention works. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I kind of went into my mind. I, 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 but my point is sometimes we look at, over everything. We look over our Bible and we say, this is what I think I should be doing. But I want to encourage you that if you will not forsake the spending time with God, that he will give you direction, he will give you information, he will give you opportunity, he will move in your life in such a way that you, y'all remember that commercial? I've been doing this lately. I could have had a V8. Y'all remember that commercial? When you look back over what God has done, you'll be like, that was nothing but God. Wouldn't y'all want to be on the nothing but God side? Wouldn't you want to just walk in there just to say, I walked with God, and this is the result of that. So when we have our confident expectation, our hope in the word of God, whenever we say, I know God's word is going to come to pass, I know he has empowered me, we have hope for help. When I feel in distress, my hope is in him and I know that he's a present help in the time of trouble. So when we need help, guess what? God shows up with help. God doesn't show up with more weight. He comes with help. Whenever we, we, we uh, need power, whenever we need an empowerment, when we have this hope in God that he is going to empower us, he does that by causing adversity, which makes us humble. And he says, in your weakness, that's where I'm strong. Goodness, oh my goodness, he already got it all worked out. When we feel like we're being overcome by situations, when everything is just going crazy for us, 
we can hope to overcome what we feel is overcoming us. Why? Because greater is he that is in me than anything that's in the world. It's already laid out for you. If you want to walk in your calling, guess what? Start walking, baby. Start walking. I don't know what it actually exactly looked like, but I'm going to just start doing my steps and I'm going to see what's going to happen. God, you called me to do this, then you're responsible for making it happen. I'm going to be the, the, the force. I'm going to be the catalyst for this happening in my community, in my environment. Wherever I am and wherever I can be, that's where I am going to affect other people's lives. Last thing I need to tell y'all today. It's not about you. I know somebody just cussed me out in their mind. But it's not about you. It's about us being willing to trust God to bring the result that he desires. That ain't in my notes, but I'm going to try to say it again. It's about us being willing to trust God to bring about the results that he desires. It's not about us, but it's about God being able through us to bring about the result that he desires. There was a lady in the Bible. It's the one book in the Bible that made it into the canon that don't say nothing about Lord or Jesus in it. Esther done sat her little pretty self up there and got up there in the king's house looking all nice and good. The king just so in love with her and he just, all this thing is going on. She just loving all the things going on. In the, am I talking too fast? I'm sorry. Esther was in the house with the king and everything was going very well for Esther in the house and everything was just going good. But there was a hater. And the hater said, we're going to kill all the Jews. And then her uncle had to tell her, just because you're in that house don't mean that you're going to be exempt from this situation happening to you, right? And then he says this. Who is to say that you were not born for such a time as this? Your calling is to save your people. Your calling is to go before the king who cannot change the law, but what he can is give a law that helps to overcome the law. Who is not to say that you were not born for such a time as this, whereby someone's life can be changed for all eternity? Who, me? Yes, you. We already talked about the excuses. Remove the excuses. Walk in it. Be an example of who Jesus is on this earth and change people's lives for the better. If you don't mind, I'm just going to take a moment because I still got the mic and, and y'all got to listen. <laughs> the last time I was here, on this pulpit was about three years ago, I think we, we figured out. 
And who would have thunk that we would go through a shutdown where we couldn't even gather for church service? Who would have thunk that we would have be isolated from one another? But I just want to tell renovation, this is specifically for you all. I, I want you to understand that if you can't figure out if God is working, look at what we have done as a church. You would never try to merge churches in the middle of an epidemic. Let me tell you that, a pandemic, whatever kind of demic you want to call it, you would never want to do it. You would never try this. You would never look to work on refreshing your, your edifice so that folks can feel better about when they finally get to come to service during an epidemic. Jeremy and I have talked quite a, quite a few times and folks are still trying to say it's crazy how we're trying to do this merge. They can't figure it out. And all we can keep saying is, it's God. It's God. I don't know if I was supposed to tell this, but I, I, I'm in that mood, Jeremy. So I'm in that mood. So we actually had brought on somebody to tell us how to do this merge. Come tell us how to do the merge. We don't know what we're doing. Come tell us how to do the merge. I'll be with y'all. Whatever you need me, call me. Yes, I'm with you. I'm with you. That joker wouldn't answer the phone, wouldn't answer text messages, wouldn't answer emails. He would. Jeremy was like, I said, well, I guess God wants us to do it our own way. <laughs> and look what God is doing. Renovation Simpsonville, Renovation Greenville, Renovation Malden, Renovation Traveler's Rest. We're going to just go, we're going to be like, uh, 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 so I'm trying, I can only think of negative stuff. My wife gets on me about this. I'm, see, what's going through my mind, we're going to be like a fungus. <laughs> and we just going to spread everywhere. I got to be me. I'm sorry. I got to be me. That's all, I was, babe, I really, I tell you, I was trying to think of something different, but <laughs> fungus just kept going through my mind. Everywhere you go, you know, you're going to be like, renovation? Renovation is all over the place. You know why? Because renovation is not a church. Renovation is a mentality. Renovation is a doing. Renovation is a walk. And if you have not figured out that you're in a funny church, meaning funny means that you're not like everybody else, you're all different, then I just want to let you know. You're different. You're welcome. Because this is what God's desire is. He wants us to project and to move forward. Oh, my goodness. To project and move forward in a way that is, uh, uh, see, I shouldn't have looked at the clock and now my, my, my words are messed up. He, he, he wants us to move forward not as a church that is trying to do something, but as individuals that have come to a church to be refueled to go out and do what God has individually called for us to do. You see what I'm saying? We don't come to here in order for Jeremy to get us all gassed up so that we feel like we're better than everybody else. We come here to get empowered so we go out 
and to affect other people to God's glory. Because it's not about renovation, it's about God. It's about God getting the glory, it's about God getting the honor, it's about God being lifted up in everything. I got about 30 more minutes in me, but my time tells me I need to quit. I done shifted gears now. See, the second service is really going to catch it now. I'm like, I'm like shifted now. Oh, my goodness. All right. So I just want to encourage you that this first Sunday, which is in the, on the Advent events, is the time of hope, that confident expectation. And I want you to confidently expect that what God has called for you to do, he has more than equipped you to do, and he has already prepared the way for you to do. All you got to do is do. You're welcome, sir. See, I, make sure he hears second service. All right. <laughs> At home, I just want to let you know that if you have gotten yourself in a situation where you feel like you've lost all hope, this is what I want you to do. I want you to speak to one of the counselors. I want you to pr ask them to pray with you. And the way that it's set up, everybody is not going to see your prayer. They're going to actually get an opportunity to take you to a side room Yes, in cyberspace, and y'all can actually pray together, just y'all too. I know not, yeah, the, the type, you know, y'all won't be able to do it like that. But my whole desire for you is to get your hope renewed so that you walk in what God has called for you to do. A lot of times we have all this, we have this, the uh, streaming and we forget about the streamers. They're like, what about us? Yeah, let's talk to them too. All right, I got 15 seconds. I was I was I was being required to uh, close you out. I would ask Jeremy to come on up here, but I'm, I am going to do something different. I got to embarrass one person in this room because that's what I do, because I did not do it before. Baby, come on up here. Stand beside me as we close folks out. Everybody, this is my lovely wife, Yolanda. And so just see, I'm getting tapped already. Uh, just so y'all know, she didn't know this was going to happen, but I just wanted to call her up because this is who helps me to stay straight on the earth. Doing my best. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to ask, I'm going to do this. I, I know y'all do it a little differently, but I'm gonna, if y'all can do it my way, then I'll be happy. Okay. I'm going to ask everybody to stand and I'm going to speak a blessing over you and pray for you. And then we're going to call it a day. All right. Here now is the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Father, we declare over this house that your hope will be renewed, that your calling will be refreshed, and that they will move forward with a passion that will change their environment. We thank you and we honor you for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.